Welcome to Grace Extended, a podcast from Grace Church of Ridgewood, where we equip the church by discussing how what we believe affects how we live. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. Welcome back to the Grace Extended Podcast. I'm Steve Palanin, a member at Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey, and joining me is Senior Pastor Aaron Syvertson. Today we're talking about self-control as a fruit of the Spirit. This is our ninth fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about, which means it's the last one. We've made it final all the way through. Fruit. Yes, final the fruit. final fruit. And um, we started our series with an episode on who is the Holy Spirit, and then we went through love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and now today, self-control. Self-control. I know this is going to sound super cliche, but that went really fast. Going through the entire summer and one, one a week, like that flew by. Yeah, it did feel like it, 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 it flew by. I mean, I guess so much has probably happened in that time because I think we started in the beginning of, of July and now we yeah. are in the beginning of September. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, we went, we went through it. There's well, only I nine, like, so I guess yeah. it, it's, it's not, you know. That's fair. But I, I feel like we went through, um, like you said, you know, a, a very weird summer, a very unique summer. And I think we, at least on some of the episodes, kind of weaved in and out of what some of our experiences were like and what you were anticipating going back into the fall. So I feel like it would be, I'm sure the audience is just dying to know you returned to school this week. You're yeah. back teacher yep. mode. Well, what's that been like? What's, what's, what's been the first couple of days like? So it's like, basically it seems like all the feelings that teachers have on the way back to school, but like just magnified by, I'm not exaggerating, like a hundred times, mm. you know, just like you, everybody kind of goes back, you know, with, expectations of what they want to do. Um, maybe that was a little bit less this year because we were more like trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And we were trying to look for more information. Uh, and we found more information, but it's also just, you know, it's great to have a good team because um, a lot of great planning was made and uh, especially on the health front in my district. So I mm-hmm. uh, feel very good about that. But in terms of now teaching within that environment is a huge challenge and uh, without the team of people, we really couldn't figure out how that would work. So, yeah, yeah everyone's, I mean, yeah, a lot of trial, a, trial and error, really. Yeah, sorry for keep interrupting you. Um, Gosh. In a, non, in a non-COVID year, September, what's your mindset? Are you usually like, excited to go back or is it still like in the school? Like I hated September as a kid. And, <laughs> I really, and then I really grew to love it when I was an adult. It's like, oh, it's actually the best weather of the year. Like I don't have to hate September anymore because I'm not in school because work is all year round. But teacher mode still in that flow of school year and summer. What what's what's it like as a teacher going back? Do you generally anticipate it, or is it like, oh, here we go? Definitely, there's still that like rhythm of life. Like you're like September is the start of something new, and you kind of feel like feels like the first day of school again. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a little bit of jitters, maybe a little bit of you know if you've really taken the time to rest over the summer, a little bit of feeling, especially me being still a new teacher really um it's like my song thanks like 10 you're years not, yeah you're not that new but i know i know but you see because you know the people teach there for a long time but anyway yeah, yeah i guess even 10 years in uh there's still that feeling of like do i still know how to do this yep. you know like <laughs> i don't know why that is but we you just there that feeling is there so 
No, it's not really scary. It's it feel very confident going into a new year, uh, even though like, um, you, you know, you're meeting new kids and you're trying new things and, you know, but there's still that like expectant rhythm. So this year it's crazy that um, since I'm a music teacher and I would see everybody in the school, they have me teaching completely remotely. And a lot mm-hmm. of other teachers in the building have taken on a fully, re- fully remote load. And like part of going back to the class is like setting up your classroom and getting ready and like yeah. prepping the space. And for remote, you do prep the space, but it's really like mostly a virtual space and then the space behind you. So when yeah, people you're see square. You, yeah. yeah. So like some of the rooms are just like they they utilize the rest of the of the room for storage since they had to empty mm. out the other spaces. So it's like very strange. You walk into someone's room and it's like a bunch of stuff. And then like their little nook where they're working. And that's yeah, their no, setup. That's, that's my setup for the years, a little command center. Yeah, um, no, that's interesting. I, I've heard that, or I've, I've read that, like by a couple of teachers of the, of how eerie it is to have a familiar space that looks really unfamiliar. Yeah, you know, going back to that place that you know, but then it physically, and then just the the amount of people around it so much less. But um, I know we have several teachers at Grace that are going back. It's been a big week that they've been anticipating, probably across the spectrum on um, how they feel about it, but. Um, give you guys a lot of credit for probably working in some ways way more for less output or, you know, I don't know what the right way to put that, but I'm, you know, I think that seems to be the trend of having to do so much more to make this work. And yet it's not even at the level that you would ideally do it, but I think you guys are doing a great job of uh, doing what you can and take it as it comes. And hopefully this is not the whole school year, but maybe just the start. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't want to speak for all for all teachers, but I do think that one thing that many teachers are doing is they're, we're just trying to, you know, keep up the community feeling. You know, obviously we're trying to educate and do our best in that environment, but we also know that the kids need a sense of belonging and they need that sort of, you know, sort of consistent rhythm of life thing I was talking about. We're like, this is back to school and like your teachers are still here for you and this community is still here and we're still going to teach and you're still going to learn. And, you know, we're also, you know, we're not like thinking that it's going to be just as excellent, but we're going to do just as excellently as we can given the constraints that we're in. So yeah, it's like, it's a big rally, but I know like, you know, we're just thinking about the kids and just trying to, you know, keep them moving ahead as best we can. And, uh, I think, I think given all the challenges and all the crazy that's involved, I think like I see everybody just rising to the challenge and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's great. So also I have a gigantic headache. So well, well, also <laughs> I, I, feel like we, I feel like we have to assure people this is you cause you do sound different than you did. You, you yeah. don't sound sick, but you, I think you said the word like Listen, just, now, now just because you have a fancy microphone and I have a less fancy microphone, yeah, that yeah, I'm just saying, I sound you know, different. Yeah. I'm glad you we know. finally made it to where I might have actually a, a decent audio quality in our, you know, what 20th episode. So you had to break, you had to break something and then, yeah, I'm, I, I'm very prone to breaking things. I'm no, like, it's me. And I think it's just, this is the thing that teachers do, right? They get like, teach your voice when they go back to school. Cause all summer yeah. we've been, you know, and it's now a shock to the system. Yeah. yeah. So I'll take it easy. I'll let, I'll just let you do all the talking. I'll just control myself. And hold oh myself yeah. Back. I kind of set myself up for that one. Dang it. <laughs> all right. So today's self-control and, um, we are, um, <laughs> we're so disciplined and prepared for this one, but I mm. think so. Where my mind goes is like, all right, it says self-control. 
what is it talking about when it talks about self, uh, self-control? And I'm thinking about examples from the text. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or at least from my mind of the text. Yeah. And cause I, I think, um, there's a, there's, there's a lot of places where the Bible instructs us to behave a certain way. Um, I know that that's like, you know, a nuanced instruction, but there's a lot of things about, you know, personal behavior. Like here's some examples, right? So like, um, Jesus talks about it's better to tear your eye out or cut off your arm than your whole body be thrown into hell because of sin, right? So you're you're gonna keep your body under control because um, we're not literally tearing out our eyes or cutting off our arms, but we are controlling our bodies so that we don't sin, right? That's an important thing to do as mm-hmm. as a Christian. Obviously, we're going to sin, but like we want to strive for um, living a holy life, and that means like you know putting our bodies into submission in some way. Uh, James talks about taming the taming the, the tongue, right? Taming the tongue. I have to tame my tongue to say that sentence. Um, that we want to be care- we want to be controlling our voices, what we say. And then uh, also we're fleeing from sexual immorality. And I was thinking of that because I think um, Maybe just growing up as a as a young man as as a Christian, but like when I when I hear self control, it's like oh they must be talking about sexual sin or something. And mm-hmm. I think maybe mm-hmm. just the the weight that the Christian church in recent years has put on um, fleeing sexual sin kind of like kind of uh, links self control, like thinking about self control with that only. But there's a lot of ways that we control ourselves, so. I don't know. Those were some that just kind of sprang to mind. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think what I find interesting about this fruit is that um, when I talk about control, like whether in preaching or um, meeting with people, I feel like I normally am on the other side of emphasizing the point that we don't have near amount the control we think we do over our lives Mm. because you're trying to emphasize, you know, God's providence and God's sovereignty that we just don't, control things that happen around us. And, you know, we don't control circumstances. We don't control context. We don't control the fact that you're starting a school year in the midst of a pandemic, you know, like things that we would have never asked for, but it was out of your control. Um, and, and that we generally, you know, that's something that often frustrates us that we don't control some of these really big um, circumstances that surround us. And yet, Self-control is right here. It's one of the fruit of the spirit. It is finds itself throughout scripture that in a world where we don't have control, there is an element of the way we react to that world and the way we operate within it that we do control, you know, and it's, and I think that gets you, and we probably could have a 20 minute conversation on just that relationship between God's sovereignty and our freedom of choice. You know, I, I think I talked about it on this podcast before, but I, I have some trouble with the with the phrase free will based on how you use it. But I, we can all agree that humans have freedom of choice and, and that that is under, you know, in our kind of theological framework under God's sovereignty. So it's not that our choice determines God's actions in this world, but that God brings about the counsel of his will through the choices of people, both good and bad. And, and yet he controls it all, but we do control kind of that, that inner circle, that self, you know what I mean? And, and yeah. so I, that, that was kind of the first thing I thought of is that, um, I, you know, 
I slash we need to be careful not to overemphasize God's sovereignty at the expense of saying like, well, we're not responsible for anything. Like we're all just, you know, here, you know, um, and, and everything's already predetermined and it's going to happen anyway. So you know, what's it really matter? But um, it, I think just underlining that point, we can't control our circumstances, but we can control how we operate within those circumstances. And that's, that's where you find the fruit of self-control to be so important. So would you include like self-discipline in self-control? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think I'd have to think about this statement more probably before I say it so confidently, uh-huh. but, but that every, every decision you make has an element of self-control in it or, 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 or not. Right. And, and so I think certainly within that discipline and, you know, you mentioned, I think it's so true that when we think of self-control, we immediately go to actions and it's true. But before that, I think there's a self-control in your mind and, and the self-control of thought that ultimately will lead to actions and controlling our thoughts. And the Bible talks about that, holding every thought captive to Christ and, and having that sense of control that again is not just us, but it's Christ in us. It's the spirit equipping us to do that, to hold every thought captive to Christ. And then that will ultimately lead to um, actions that are self-controlled. So um, I, I certainly think mm-hmm. there's a there's a disciplined aspect to it in that that doesn't just come naturally. We're not just, you know, when we're saved, we're not just given the gift of self-control that we're just good for life, but that's something that we're going to have to cultivate and work on. And I think that's just true experientially. I mean, you t- take any topic, you know, take one that, has, that seems as neutral as, you know, food and being able to control portions or, you know, the amount of sweets or ice cream or candy you eat. Um, you know, the more you've, the more you self-control, the easier it is to self-control down the road. The more you give into it, the harder it is to control. And so I think there's an aspect of that, of whatever you feed, um, you know, is ultimately going to be what wins out in the end. So I think that's a discipline aspect to it that can carry across every aspect of life. Hmm. Uh, a question I have about self-control is, um, I guess maybe it, it kind of overlaps with the other ones too, but um, like no one can be perfectly self-controlled, right? So I can see like some people losing a little bit of assurance in terms of, I don't see the fruit of self-control in my life because sometimes I control myself, but other times I don't. Or in some areas, I feel like I can beat temptation, but in other areas, it's not so easy. Um, so I could see that, you know, if people see a failure in a, you know, a failure in some way, like that they've, that they've sinned in a certain way because they can't control themselves or they're, I don't know, they're just like stumbling a lot because they, you know, feel like they're, they're not quite fully controlled in some area. Like, does that mean that like we don't have spirit working enough Mm. or is it just like, you know, part of the spiritual growth? You know, like I will, I, I should see myself becoming more self-controlled or because, you know, uh, thinking about what Paul says in Romans 7, he says, you know, I do the thing I do not want to do. Uh, I know like some people debate about like, who's is he t- he's talking about being a Christian or not being Christian. And to me, it seems like he's talking about being a Christian and like seeing in his, in his body, right? He even mentions his body, like seeing the, the deeds of the flesh being done and he doesn't even want to do them but he sees himself sitting in anyway. So my question here is, you know, what does self-control like look like? Also knowing that 
self-control is not really like a quality of God that we're mimicking. I could be wrong about that, but it doesn't seem to me like, oh, God's being self-controlled. Like, of course God's self-controlled. Like he he only does exactly what he wants to do. Is he like, yeah. but he's not holding back some sort of like sinful old self. That's a very roundabout thought. But I guess my, my question is, is like, you know, like how self-controlled is self-controlled? Yeah. Well, and I think that's, I think that's true. And that's a good question. Good point. First of all, I agree with you on Romans seven, by the way, before I forget that, uh, that interpretation of it, but where I think that the reason why this comes up in this one is because we all know those areas we struggle to self-control. And so that assurance is maybe a little harder to grasp with this fruit than maybe the others. But that same question you asked can probably be applied to all the fruit. How kind is kind? How, um, you know, how patient is patient? How loving is, is, is this amount of loving? And, and that's, I think, just, again, experientially very true of when there's a struggle, not only is it a struggle in, in that actual topic or area, but it's the bigger question of why am I struggling with this? Does this mean I'm immature? Does this mean I'm not saved? I think there's a big struggle with assurance in that. Um, and that's a tension, right? I mean, that's a tension that we all experience, not only in our own hearts, but as we lead or pastor or disciple others is, um, how, you know, who, who is struggling with that? How do you give assurance to somebody of their faith? Um, and I think in this area, just to keep it, keep it, you know, limited to the discussion on self-control, I do think there's a difference between struggling with self-control and, and just not caring. And, you know, it, it might be hard to pinpoint exactly, but that idea of I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this area and I'm, but I'm battling and I, and I have this desire to overcome and I know, you know, I, I keep falling, but I want to get back up and I want to kind of keep um, moving ahead as opposed to the mentality of I don't have self-control here. And to be honest, it doesn't really bother me. I, I've just made peace with it. I just don't care about it. This is the one thing for me that I'm just not going to really work on. And, you know, you talked before and, you know, especially because we were, um, you know, uh, being men that oftentimes it does get attached to the realm of sexual and sexual sin and how much of that sin can be so private that that's an easy area to just be like, I'm just going to give up on that one. You know, like I'm, you know, and, and I know it's probably not ideal, but I just, I don't, I, I've, I've learned to make peace with that sin and kind of get comfortable with it and kind of keep it tucked away in that one area that, you know, is very private, but that nobody else knows. And those more public sins, I'm going to try and be more self-controlling about. So I think that's a distinction of, of what, what desire is there to battle against it as opposed to um, not caring because it can't just be performance-based, right? We know it's not like, well, if you have this amount of self-control, it means you're mature. And if you don't, you know, it, it's just not, can't be hourly faced. And I think it is a good point to encourage fellow believers that, and I know we can beat ourselves up more than anybody else beats us up over certain sins as if God's just like annoyed with us. Like, come on, I, you know, like that, like Jesus is gracious and loving when he first saves you. But once you're saved, like, come on, you know, like, let's go. And every time you sin after that, it's like, oh, here we go again. You know, Steve, you know, he messed up again. Like, that's not the way um, Jesus views it. You know, it's that, that mentality is throughout. Sins forgiven past, present, and future that he's always going to be, um, having that kind of pursuit, um, of us and, and willingness and desire to draw us closer to himself. 
that's very assuring. Uh, two things I thought of. Okay, one is like it's true. If we are focusing more on self-control and like public sins, I mean, there's also a lot to be gained in worldly ways by sub by by controlling your public sins, right? Like if you're angry all the time, like people aren't going to want to be around you, and you're not going to be like getting a job, and people won't say like, "Hey, you're such a great guy," like or a great girl for like keeping yourself so calm in these hard situations, right? There's, you get like sort of immediate, you know, others affirming you. Um, there's a lot to gain from, you know, being self-controlled with public sins, but really like in private moments, no matter what it is, um, to be self-controlled is really to look to God, like, look to please God alone in those moments. And I and I also remembered that there's a flip side to that, um, and you know, I want to be careful not to be only performance based, but like when we do have successes with self control, you know, we can we can know like, hey, like that's the Holy Spirit, you know, like the Holy Spirit's working in me. That's so cool. Like I just had a victory in this area. I think we're really quick to say things like, oh man, like this, I I succumbed to this temptation, or I got angry again, or or like whatever, and then we're feeling bad about that and completely forgetting about like, you know what? There have been successes in this area and the Holy Spirit has been working in me over time and I messed up, but like, you know, I'm going to take step, steps forward again. I'm going to ask for God's forgiveness and just keep keep going yeah. here. So because, yeah, we will never be perfect in this life and we'll never say, I don't think many, you know, true, genuine believers would say like, yeah, like I have great self-control. Like yeah. I've got this down. I just feel like they know, like, you know what, God has helped me a lot in whatever area. And part of it is looking back and being able to say, you know, back then, I really didn't, like you said, I really didn't care about that. But like mm. now I do, and I'm trying to keep it under submission. Yeah. You know? No, that's, I think that's true. And, and, and I think how you alluded to how self-control is, is not just you know, keeping from beating ourselves up, but it's also keeping us from being puffed up and, and, yeah. and too prideful. Oh, and, and, and we are, we are such complex people that like there's certain areas that we're going to be more prone to beat ourselves up and have really low self-confidence in and other, and the same person can also be puffed up and prideful in other areas. And they're both self-control issues, you know, and, and one is saying, I don't need God. And the other one is God would never love me. And we can kind of swing back and forth because again, you know, the, the, you know, we're, we're, we're complex people, but I think that, um, having that self-control kind of keeps you from, you know, uh, getting too high or too low. It kind of keeps you in a good way in that kind of equilibrium of humble confidence, humble in ourself, confident in Christ and, and, and kind of walking that path. And the other thing about self-control is that we generally associate with bad sins, right? Like bad things, like, again, um, sexual sin or greed or anger, anger or something yeah. like that. Um, but it can also like, we need control over good things, right? Like the self-control over not taking good things and turning them to ultimate things, you know, as, as Keller says and making them wow, idols. Good point. Yeah. Know? So like your family, it's a good gift, family, you know, loving spouse, children, but when you make them an idol, like you're, you're not that that's a lack of self-control and you're putting too much weight on them for your joy, for your happiness, for your fulfillment, um, or, you know, money, you know, money is a great gift, but a terrible God. And when, when it gets out of control, it goes from becoming a gift to a God and it becomes an idol. So it's, it, it, you know, I think it's understanding that, that it's not just 
staying away from the bad things, but keeping even the good gifts that God has given to us in their proper place and not allowing them to get out of control to the point of becoming an idol. And um, so I don't know, the more I talk about this, the more I'm like, wow, it's really hard. You know, <laughs> like, like self-control is really just hard. It's just, it's not like this one and done. Once you figure it out, you're good until glory. It's this battle, daily battle. And it's going to be probably a constant, you know, two steps forward, one steps back, being able to recognize things, repent of things. And, and, you know, but having that desire to say like, I'm, I'm going to keep battling here. I'm not going to give up. I wonder if it's sort of a fail safe that God put in here. Like, you know, I feel like if you grew up with fruits of the spirit or if you just learned them and you were all about them and memorized them, like it is a very human tendency to go and like attack each one, you know, like to, to try to, you know, win at it. Right. I'd be so loving and be so, so, so yeah, joyful. And point. then to, to like do that without God. And I feel like every discussion we have about each one, like, as soon as you approach that thing without God, like you get to some point where you go, oh man, like I mm. need God right now because yeah. I can't do this. So I feel like, you know, to, to to think of them as just virtues, like, hey, these are great virtues people should have because God lists them as, you know, fruits of his Holy Spirit. Like they're just not that way. Like every single one requires you to humble yourself and follow Jesus mm. and like, honestly, to let it be the fruit of the spirit only and not let it be, you know, just some great quality that you want to achieve. Yeah. And no, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse and I'm sure some people are like, yes, you are beating a dead horse. <laughs> but, um, but I just think this is my tendency. I feel like it is, um, you know, it's definitely where the Pharisees ended up, you know, like studying God's word so much and like landing in this place of like, no, look, we follow it. Like we do mm -hmm. what God says you know, and you sort of end up in this place of like, you made it and now you don't need God anymore because yeah. you, or you, you feel like you've made it, you yeah. know, because you're doing all those things. And yes, we want to live to please God, but like God has enabled us to live to please God. And like, honestly, it's like, Hey, these are fruits of the spirit just so that you know, like if these things are happening in your life, like you're following him and it's going, it just keep following him, you know? Yeah. And be wary of those who say that they follow Jesus and you don't see these things in their life. Yeah. Or yeah. or you think you're following Jesus, but you don't see these things in your life. Something's not right. Yeah. You know? Oh man. Yeah. We uh you you're opening up all these new paths that are really, really good points. Um, well, I wanna I wanna I, I don't really know if we have like a lot of like to be like, hey, what's corporate self-control? Like what's self-control right. self-media? I think like, like that might be done. But like I yeah. think it'd be good to sort of I'm, I've been thinking of these like sort of overarching, like concluding, yeah, you know, like how we wrap up like fruits of the spirit. And I, it, it's yeah, no, it's helpful. Goes. What I, I remember when we started, we said, I wonder why love is first. And we kind of had a conversation about that. You know, is there a reason to put love first and then all the ones after and probably the same question, why self-control last? Cause it probably is that capstone of like in, in all these things, self-control in the midst of even pursuing the life of the spirit and the one thing you said that really stuck out to me is that the Pharisees were self-controlled. Whoa. Right? Like they, you brought yeah, it up, like bro. Super not me, right? Yeah, like super self-controlled. Yeah, like they, you know, they were so proud of their Sabbath. Like, hey, like we, we don't do anything. We have such control on that. So there's a way to be self-controlled, but you're seeking to glorify yourself and not glorify God. 
and and so that's that's you know now I need to like just go think on that for a while of how <laughs> yeah that's you know, crazy how how easily you can take Jesus out of the fruit of the spirit and yeah. pursue those things with other sources of power or other motives um and and not Christ and 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 then and that's a dead end right i mean that's 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 that'll lead nowhere except for frustration and toil or pride and um and so it it's pursuing these things but ultimately under the under the truth that Christ has set you free and he has set you free to pursue these things and he has modeled them perfectly and that that righteousness has been imputed to you so that you're not doing this so that he'll accept you at some later date but that because he has these you know things can flow out and so that's um yeah that's something to think about yeah i found sort of a parallel passage that i just wanted to share oh it seems parallel anyway from second peter 1 verse 5 um just seems like fruits of the spirit ish so peter says uh, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election, for if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. Mm. So that's that's interesting too, because like that kind of like twists it all around to me. It's like, all right, pursue these things, right? And he almost lists like the fruits of the spirit. It's like almost the same things. Not yeah. quite, but a lot of them are like overlap, right? So like Make every effort to supplement your faith. Okay, so we got faith, and now we're supplementing it. We're trying to be virtuous, trying to be knowledgeable, trying to be self-controlled, steadfast, godly. We're trying to have affection for the body, and we're trying to love each other. And like, because if those qualities are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or un unfruitful. Um, and if you lack the qualities, like, okay, well, you're like forgetting that you were cleansed from your former sins, like you're a new person. Hmm. And it's like, so like we're working towards, you know, supplementing our faith, with all these things to confirm the fact that we have this salvation, this yeah. faith. But it's like, it's just interesting because like they, they, they flow out of our faith, right? But we have, but we're, we should always also be pursuing them, but not pursuing them in the way you just described. Right. You know, like which some people, which some people would, you know, yeah. like, yeah. So, yeah, I think the key phrase, uh, you know, that's a really um, fascinating passage, but that key phrase in first eight, when he says, these qualities are yours and are increasing. Yeah. And I think that captures it, that they are yours in Christ and are increasing because, you know, um, God designed it that we play a part in our sanctification that, you know, ultimately it's only by his grace we're sanctified, but it includes, um, uh, you know, human choice and responsibility and, you know, discipline and, and, and pursuit of that, that we're not just, again, robots, we're not just sitting back waiting, but that we are, 
you know, these things have been given to us and are increasing and are, you know, being pursued. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a good kind of, um, some, some kind of wrap up thoughts on all these fruit, you know, fruit or fruits never got to the bottom of that. Should this be fruit of the spirit or fruits of the spirit? Um, anyhow, um, I, I just think that that's a, a really good encouragement to kind of, you know, finish on is that these are yours in Christ. So go get them, <laughs> you know, like nice. that's, yeah. that's kind of the, uh, and, 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 and you, you, you will, because the spirit will sustain you in that pursuit. You know, it's kind of like this race that you know how it ends, uh, that frees you up all the more to, to go for it. Well, we would like to invite all of our listeners to submit any questions you have about fruits of the spirit, Holy Spirit, uh, anything we've said of, uh, throughout these episodes, um, just because we want to interact with, with you a little bit. So, um, if you could send us an email at gracenjpodcast at gmail.com, we really would like some questions to answer. It would be a very boring Q&A episode if we were just just sitting here. Just answering. asking each other questions. We could, we could just come up with some answers and just for no questions. You know, we could just, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so, so yeah, submit your questions to gracenjpodcast at gmail.com so that we can uh, answer your questions about Fruits of the Spirit. That's going to be, though, in two weeks. So yeah, if you can submit your question just by, I guess, the end of September, maybe. And then we will answer them with the Q&A episode. So, all right. You've been listening to Grace Extended, a podcast of Grace Church in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Please subscribe to the podcast and you will receive our episodes as soon as they are released. To find out more about Grace Church, go to gracechurchnj.net. You can send us an email. Please do for the Q&A at gracenjpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back at the beginning of October, October 1, and we look forward to seeing you then.